Friends, our second reading of Scripture this day comes to us from the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. And if you would like to follow along, it is on page 93 of your uh, pew Bibles. So let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, one who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up and whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. There was a moment when I was lying in bed, looking up at the ceiling. It was night. And just staring, looking up. Don't know if you've had any nights like that, but I just could not fall asleep. It was sometime after my father had passed, and even with the sleeping aids prescribed by my a college counselor, I still could not find any urge to sleep. Through these restless nights, I recall having conversations with God, those nighttime conversations with God, like Nicodemus, who saw after Jesus in the night. And to be quite frank, these weren't always pleasant conversations. There was a sense of anger, feelings of just being upset in general, and feelings of being betrayed. 
but they were necessary conversations that I believe helped set me on the path I am today. Perhaps you, at some point in your life, had had nighttime conversations with God in the quiet hours. In those hours at night or in the day, perhaps when things are still, where you, like Nicodemus, can bring everything that is on your heart and lay them out before God, unabated. Nicodemus decides to visit Jesus at night. Perhaps he thought he would evade the judging eyes of his colleagues, his fellow Pharisees. Or maybe he had a sleepless night, had this question of knowing Jesus was someone more than just a prophet and wanted to find answers only Jesus could provide. In many ways, like Nicodemus, we like answers. We like to know because in our knowing, we find reassurance that we can control all those little aspects that we feel we fully understand. But Jesus doesn't give answers to Nicodemus. Jesus instead poses questions, speaks metaphorically about being born of water and of flesh and of the Spirit. He turns the tables on Nicodemus. Jesus speaks of the flesh and spirit. The flesh as it pertains to the matters of this world and the spirit, a vision for what life in the heavenly realm looks like. Advice for Nicodemus, advice for us would be that for every inch, for every inch we think we control God is at work in a much larger way, in a much larger sphere. I believe that many of us, even in the context of faith and the church, get caught up in matters of the flesh like Nicodemus. We look at the ways in which our lives may not be perfect. We look at the ways in which we feel as though we must grow. We look at numbers on spreadsheets that tell us membership or other things aren't what they used to be. We get caught up in matters of the flesh when we really need to be reborn by the Spirit. Because the truth is that God is at work. God is at work and doing so much more in front of us and behind the scenes, doing more than we could possibly imagine. Believe me when I say that, it is in the Spirit where we find hope, being born again by the Spirit. For it is in the Spirit where we find strength, resolve, courage, the energy, the boldness to dream new dreams, to have new visions. Because for all the times we hopelessly try to control or to manipulate things ourselves because we think we have control over them, God's love shatters all those things and breaks through our hopelessness and fear. As disciples of the living God and as a church, we must remind ourselves of this love 
every day. Because it is love that impacts the entirety of our being. It is love that impacts the entirety of creation. It is love that transcends any fear we might have for what tomorrow brings. It is love that claims us and draws us away from any of the fears or concerns we have of earth or flesh and draws us back into the heart of God. I say this as we embark on a season of transition. Because let me say that there is going to be a temptation to look at numbers, to look at benchmarks, to compare ourselves to others, to concern ourselves so deeply in matters of the flesh where things just seem like they are hopeless. but I don't believe that's true. And I think it does a great disservice to the trajectory of hope that God has set in motion in this place. Because let me say, let me say this loud and clear, that numbers and benchmarks mean nothing in the eyes of God. The things that we try to concern ourselves with in the church, in our lives, the ways in which we try to think of our failings or the ways in which we compare ourselves to others, none of that matters in the eyes of God, dear friends. It doesn't matter in the eyes of God. So instead, we must look at how the Spirit works how the Spirit works here and now in this place. What I really encourage you to do during these upcoming couple of weeks when we have pulpit supply even, is to take out a piece of paper. And you could do this for yourselves, but I'm going to speak a little more broadly to the church here. I want you to jot down the ways that we have changed here over time. And I want you to look back on that piece of paper then and to look at all the ways in which God has been moving in this place. The ways in which the Spirit is at work. And don't tell me that you can't name any. Don't tell me you can't name any. Look at the work that Joanne has done, Johanna, all the elders have done in terms of mission projects. Midnight Run, Putnam Cap with the deacons. Look at the ways in which we've done new things in worship, in which leadership here has provided for so many things. Don't tell me that the Spirit is not leading us right now. Because the Spirit, if we look around, we can see how the Spirit has changed us, our mission, our community. And you can't put any one number to that. You can't put any letter grade to that because it is the work of God, friends. I understand the temptation to only look at what is in front of us. Indeed, Nicodemus knew that temptation. But when we open ourselves to being born again by the Spirit, 
that's when we see the untold possibilities. Because the kingdom of God, as it is working in this place, is a place where light shines on all the places that are darkened, the places that are hurting, the places that need healing. And the kingdom of God with the Spirit brings those places in to bring about restoration. And it brings us in as people and as an interwoven family of faith made up of people from all different walks of life. Jesus shows us our faith, our family, our family of faith is not built, does not only stand the test of time in one season. And as we lay our fears, our burdens, our doubts before God, we are granted a sigh of relief to turn those things over to God, to make room for the newness that the Spirit brings. We are granted a new opportunity in rebirth. And why is this? Well, we hear Jesus tell Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. As we talk about the flesh and the spirit, you should know that our meditation applies to so many different aspects of our lives, both as individuals and as a community, especially as the changes, as we look at the changes that are to come. It might appear as though a pastor or people on session or deacons or even just that brave church volunteer who is always reliable is what makes a church. But friends, all of us are made of flesh, temporal, temporary. The fellowship that has been cultivated here, the worship that takes place here, is eternal. And I'm confident that you, the members and friends of the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac, will continue to tend this garden of faith that we've cultivated together. And I'm sure that you will continue to do great things with the gardener who comes to tend the field with you. This might not sound like good news, but it is. Because in the love of God, in the opportunity for being reborn by the Spirit, is an opportunity for us to put our faith into practice, to continue the work we've already done. Because it doesn't happen just on Sunday, Sunday mornings, or in the privacy of our homes when we do devotions. This is a rebirth, a call by God to find the ways in which our faith permeates all aspects of our life, to be unashamed at how it leads us on the life way of God, to bear witness to that love. It is a call for all gathered here, a call for people in every time and place to realize that our spiritual community will continue as long as we see the good that God has done, is doing, and will do. Friends, in our quiet moments this haunting season, in the quiet moments of transition, 
let us lay our questions before God so that we might be reminded, so that we might be renewed by the truth that we are people born of the Spirit. People born of the Spirit moving day by day closer to the heart of God. Amen.